are we doing? Can you all see me? Even the people behind the poles. Has everyone got one of these? Try not to open it. Oh. Is it possible to turn these lights sort of down? I'm being blinded. Okay, no, okay. That's fine. If you can't change it, that's fine. Because I just can't see anyone, that's all. Oh, that's a bit better. That's great. Thank you. I can see everyone now. Hi. Okay. Um, good evening. Yes, let's speak positivity over me right now as I... Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'm only saying that because the, the people on the front row just said two mean things. You, you said something as well. Right. Anyway, good evening. My name is Josh. If we haven't met before, nice to meet you. Um, we've all got one of these? Okay, too, too many. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Um, tonight it's going to be a little bit different. Um, we are going to... Uh, Richard likes different. Okay, we need to be mature. Come on. Um, we're going to be carrying on with our sort of study of the Bible next week. And we're going to be probably look at a bit of the Bible tonight, but the whole year of going through the Bible will commence next week. Um, so tonight, what we're going to do really is we're going to spend a bit of time looking at who we are. And we're going to go through this together. And so we're going to look at our vision as King's Church, and um, we're going to um, show how can we sort of implement this in this site, in this, in this community here. And, and then we're going to spend some time um, at the end sort of praying. We're going to sort of go around the room praying, and then there's some cake as well. So We'll uh, enjoy some cake as well. Um, great. So are we ready? Yes. 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 Cool. Okay. And yeah, if it's your first time tonight, it picked a great night really to come along and find out a little bit more. Or maybe if you're a little bit sceptical lately and you just really can't be bothered, then tonight I pray that you'll get really excited about, uh, about our vision as, as King's Church. And, and yeah, we'll just all sort of join this together. Awesome. Okay, so last week, Dave Emmett preached on the book of Joshua, and he sort of said something along the lines of, um, we can have all of the counsel in the world, okay, say we're dealing with an addiction or a problem, we can have all the counseling in the world, we can try as hard as we want to break that addiction, we can go on weekends away and retreats, but unless we're actually seeking God's face, unless we have a vision, something in front of us, something to look towards, our situation will remain helpless. It, it really will, you know, unless we have a, a promised land, a land of Canaan, something to, to go towards, a vision, something that gives us purpose and, and worth, and something worth getting out of bed in the morning for, then our situation will be hopeless. We will be a people wandering in the wilderness. We'll be a wilderness generation. And we know that famous verse, don't we, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. I'm just kidding. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Or the NLT says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Because the fact of the matter is, vision is everything. Having a clear vision, having something which inspires us as people, you know, something to go after together, it, it will change everything. And having a vision, you know, a way to implement it helps us to sort of show 
our boundaries and our priorities. It helps us to say, okay, we should probably concentrate on this, and it helps us to say, maybe we shouldn't spend so much time on this. Because the fact of the matter is, you know, if you're here tonight and you're a Christian, you know, we believe already, don't we, in something better than we currently see. We believe in this amazing kingdom of God, something which Jesus came to, to usher in, which, which we believe that in our lives we too can bring it into being, this amazing kingdom of justice, of freedom, of righteousness. This is our vision ultimately. This is what inspires us every day, that actually the world around us isn't how it should be. And we're still waiting for the conclusion of this story and we're ready, aren't we, to implement it in all ways possible, from, from little ways to some sort of big global ways. And, you know, my goodness, how Greater Manchester needs this kingdom. Yes. So um, the question then really is, how can we, as this site, as this community, how are we going to bring this kingdom? So last June, about... <coughs> eight months ago, Charlotte, myself and Mark and our wider leaders, we began to discuss our dreams as this site and we began to ask tough questions like, why are we here? Um, what exactly is it that God wants to do with us? And, and we felt that as a team we were, we were going through a season of hearing God afresh and we really felt that God had, had much to achieve among us, that God still had a lot to do in this community. So we, we chose to believe in him. And as a team, we began to pray, we began to meet, and we began to write down stuff. And here's some of the things we wrote down. We started to write down these questions. So who are we? What does God want to do with us? What's our spiritual heritage? Is there any prophetic words that has been spoken into us um, as, as a community? So and one of the things we felt really distinct is that God was talking to us about a change. And these are some words we wrote down when we thought, what describes us? So we wrote down rest, healing, coming home, refuge, a safe place, a retreat, discipleship, holiness. And, and we wrote down loads of stuff, basically. And some things are a bit, yeah, I didn't include them. But. <laughs> And we started to get excited about these things. And we began to feel that something was not quite right with the name PM site or, or evening site. And we began to feel like this kind of was a false representation of what we felt God was speaking to us about. And we didn't want to give the wrong impression either. You know, we didn't feel like this should be a meeting where anyone could just come from, from, from any church or, you know, if you got out of bed late in the morning, you missed the morning meeting, you could come along to the evening meeting. No, in short, we, we believe God wanted to move us forward as a site uh, into something deeper, into something more challenging, something more mature for us. And we believe that God, through this, wants to extend his kingdom and he wants to bring real change in this community. We don't just want a meeting where people feel disconnected from one another, but we believe that God wants to build a real community, united in what they believe and inspired about the journey ahead. 
And this is where we began to feel led towards naming the site home. Um, A community who are committed to their identity as loved sons and daughters of God and who have come to who have come home to their heavenly father. A community who have found in God a safe place, a resting place, a place of presence. A community who are committed to serving one another and who are dedicated to discipleship. A community who are sent, who, can, who can't help but share their faith because it's so transformative in their own lives. Now, we know, you know, saying King's Church Home will, you know, take time getting used to. Hopefully in a few months we can, um, it won't even cross our minds, it'll just be so natural. Um, I will say stuff like, are you coming home? And it'll just be like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) Welcome home. Yeah, and we'll say things like this and it will feel so natural. And now we know, and this is really important, okay, a name isn't everything, is it? it? It simply isn't. It won't immediately fix all of our problems and but it will give us a sense of identity and, and it will give us a sense of sort of shared commitment and a new season of saying yes to what God wants to do through us. So what we are going to do now with this little booklet in your hand, we're just going to go through it together and then we're going to get into groups and we're going to spend some time praying. So I've tried my hardest to condense these points and expand on them a little bit um, So please bear with me. So firstly, what is our vision? Um, Someone please tell me the vision of King's Church is we are... Okay, wow, okay. (laughs) See, that's a well-communicated vision. You, wow, fantastic. (laughs) They had help. Yeah, so as King's Church, our prime vision and our passion is that we are love lovers, loving others, called to make Jesus famous in our lives. I want to see this because I've not... Okay, great. (laughs) There's simply no better way, is there, of explaining it. Um, We are loved by God. We love him and we love one another. So in in doing all of this, what do we do? We we make Jesus famous. It's straightforward. And and what do we want to do as a site is... We want to take hold of this vision, our vision as King's Church, and, and we want to sort of ask God, how does he want us to strategically work this out in our sight? And that's where this handout comes in. So firstly, we are loved. Okay, we are loved by God. Our journey starts with the love of God, doesn't it? We, we love God simply because he loved us first. And when we understand just how much God loves us and, and, and when we realize that his love for us can't be changed, it frees us to live a life outside of fear and without limits. And here in King's Church, we put a lot of emphasis on what the Bible understands as us being sons and daughters of God. And all our mission and all our hard work comes from the fact that we're actually in a close relationship with God, our Father. And because of this, as King's Church home, we want to really go after identity. So if you read in your handout under identity, it should say something like this. Well, actually, it should say this. That was a little bit of changing the wordings with the media team. But We believe being children of God is our identity. Knowing that we are loved by God is foundational to our Christian journey, as it affects our whole life. 
We believe we are God's holy, set apart and chosen people. We are not of this world. We position every sphere of our lives around our identity as God's beloved children. And this is so important, isn't it? In a world which constantly tries to conform us, it is our daily need for us to reaffirm who we are in Jesus Christ. So the question is, how are we going to reaffirm ourselves um, in our sight, in home? John Wesley, you might have heard of him, he calls this, this sort of area, he calls it his me, the means of grace. Okay? Are there certain things that we can do as Christians, God-given things that we can say yes to him and, and where we can actively grow? Um, well, firstly, we, because we are loved, um, we need to remind ourselves of this daily. And an amazing way God's done this for us is, um, well, we have a relationship with him. We can talk to him. We can spend time with God. We can, we can spend time with him and tell him how we're feeling and just have that abiding relationship with him. Also, we can, we can read our Bibles. Our, our Bibles um, remind us of who we are. We, we, can, we shouldn't really let other people define us. We should just let God define us, shouldn't we? And he says we are loved. We are loved by him. We are sons and we are daughters. So we need to remind ourselves of our identity. We need to be with God's people okay, regularly. And there's pretty, there's pretty much no excuses. We need to pray with God's people. And a means of grace here is we have Tuesday morning prayer meetings, Friday evening prayer meetings in this building. A means of grace for us to come together as Christians and, and pray. So, identity, really important. Um, so let's move to the next section, lovers of God. God's love for us is so amazing that it causes him, us to love him back. And when you love someone passionately, you would do anything for them. And that's the way we want to love God. We spend a lot of time as a community worshipping, praying, and experiencing God's love. And it's really powerful when we meet with God together as well as on our own. And, and under this vision as loved lovers loving God, we want to go after two things here, presence and discipleship. Okay, so firstly, presence. In your handout, it will say this. We are devoted to God's presence. Slowing down, trusting, reflecting, seeking solitude and abiding in his love are essential decisions we choose to make and which lead to true transformation and a satisfied soul. We value God's presence corporately as well as we take time to listen to his voice during our times of gathered worship. So um, wherever we gather, whether that's with two people, three people, throughout the week or on a Sunday, um, we want to constantly be a people who's camped around the presence of God, don't we? Constantly camped around his presence. But being in God's presence is not always something we fall into. Okay, you don't just fall into it, we, but we sometimes have to fight for it, don't we? Some of you will remember Matthew came and he preached, and he brought a word to us as a sight. Kind of a strange word. He called us cute warriors, he called us, you are cute warriors. And obviously we unpack this. Um, and what's that means? It means that all of us, you know, we might look cute in worship and harmless, but, but we're actually warriors, scary warriors who fight for this presence, who fight to be in God's presence. So this means that we want to be a people who, when we gather, when we are, when we're gathered, we're so full of the spirit that we're so quick to bring the word of God to one another. We're quick to deal with temptation. We're, we're quick to flee. We're, we're quick to fight the lies of the enemy. We take moments throughout the day, Sabbath moments, where we connect 
with the rest that we have access to. And we withdraw daily, whether that's 15 minutes or however you want, just to be still and focus on him. The brilliant Christian writer, Henry Nouwen, writes this in, his, uh, in a lot of his books. Um, but he writes this statement over and over again. He says that, the, um, that being in solitude, waiting, being with God in prayer, is the furnace of transformation. That basically, this is where real change happens. And that actually, while we are with God in prayer, away from people, it's quite ironic because in doing that, we can actually love people more. So by, by coming away from people, we actually are able to get closer to them and love them more compassionately. Um, <clears throat> but also we want to withdraw annually. So we've seen, haven't we, immerse, weekend away, big church weekend, or even if we went away together as a site, stuff like this which we value and we can grow in together. And next under lovers is discipleship. And under discipleship it says this, we believe in discipleship. As a learning community, we want to mature, grow, and learn from others in our community. We want to live holy lives, which honor God and our community. We value devotion and integrity, and we believe we love God most when we live holy lives. And discipleship is, is not just about site leaders or connect leaders, but it's actually about all of us as a community, everyone taking part, helping one another. And we can all do this in pretty practical ways. Um, and that's just simply by making friends. Um, maybe if it's just one friend. Um, I know, for, I know um, for those of us who have plenty of friends in this site, um, we pr- can probably feel sometimes that we're part of like a little group or a clique. And I want to challenge us, you know, break out of that. You know, make friends with other people. Um, maybe there's someone you've noticed and you haven't spoken to them. I mean, we're not massive in here. We can sort of go to the end of the room and just say hi to someone you've, you've never met before. Um, and I know some of, some of us find this easier than others. Um, I, I actually struggle in this area. I'm, I'm quite shy when you initially meet me. I'll add that in there. Um, so I can understand that some of us um, probably would really value another person um, to come and talk to us. Um, and invest in us, and eventually you'll get your return on investment. Um, So for those of us who are great at making friends, you know, use that gift and be aware of those in the room who are probably a little bit more shy. And this means inviting them to a connect, going for a coffee, hanging out, just investing in one another. But also we want to live, we want to live up to our call as, as God's holy people. We want to take seriously the the blood that was shed for us. We believe we are Sermon on the Mount Christians. We believe we are red letter Christians. We take Jesus by his word. We want to take seriously Jesus' call to holy living because it's fundamental. uh, It's a fundamental form, really, of ushering in his kingdom. But at the same time, we want to recognize that we will have our bad days and we'll have our good days. We want to recognize that discipleship can sometimes be tough. Um, Some of us will know that out of all of the Gospels, Mark's Gospel is, um, he particularly portrays disciples, to use a nice term, a little bit dim-witted. We read in Mark's um, Gospel, um, we see his disciples, they do these sort of amazing healings, they're they're really great teachers, they participate in 
miraculous feedings, but they're never quite fully sure who it is that they're following. Um, and in the middle of the, the, the disciples' dim-witted moments, we have examples of where even blind people get up and recognize Jesus. Um, so some, we want to acknowledge that actually discipleship is sometimes a little bit like this. Times when we are rapidly growing and, and other times when we appear to go a little bit slower. So thirdly and finally, loving others. So now we can all complete, we are loved lovers, loving others. That's a huge part of, of loving God is loving all the people around us. The way we love each other in the church community is proof that, that God's love is actually changing our lives. We get to express the generous nature that he's put inside of us as we give ourselves to others. And we want, we want for people to meet God's supernatural love wherever they meet any one of us. So we want to work this out in three ways. Just got to remind us, have you got seven minutes? My seven minute workout up, okay. I actually have an excuse. I can't. Oh. Okay. You can cut that out, Jack. Right, firstly... Life in the spirit. It says this. We live life in the spirit. As a community, we continually devote ourselves to being filled with the Holy Spirit. We devote ourselves to prayer and the reading of scripture. We desire to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We believe we can pray for the sick and see them healed. We believe we are a prophetic community who listens eagerly to what God is saying today. Being a Christian means being full of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Romans 8 verse 9, the closest Paul comes to giving a definition of what a Christian is, it's someone who's full of the Holy Spirit. It's someone who has the Spirit of Christ. In Ephesians, Paul actually says a few times, in fact, that the Spirit is a stamp on us. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a seal for the, for the final day of redemption. Um, but, it also, um, but it also means someone who is continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. In, in Acts 2, you know the, that chapter when, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, and Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't end there. Two chapters later, if you keep reading, in Acts 4, it says, Peter was filled again with the Holy Spirit. And we read in Ephesians 5.18, Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be continually filled with the Spirit. And because we are, we are Spirit-filled believers, we want to be seeking to explore the gifts of the Spirit, don't we? The gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, the gift of generosity, the gift of administration, the gift of hospitality, the gift of insight, wisdom, discernment, much, 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 much more. But first and foremost, we, we want to express all of this in love. And because we all want to see the community grow and be built up, we all want to hear from God, don't we? We all, we all want to hear his voice speak to us. So let's aim, all of us, to, to seek these gifts. And how do you seek them? We have to practice them. And I want to speak boldness and courage into some of the prophets in this room. And some of us to come out, to be bold and, and step out in that gifting. And secondly, um, community. We are an authentic community. We believe God has saved us together, not in isolation. Just as God lives in community as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we believe we reflect his image best when we are together, not alone. As a community, we are committed to serving one another in every way possible. 
It is in our love for one another that we provide a safe and trusting refuge for those who come and know Christ. So coming to Christ means belonging to a community. You can't separate the two. Um, It isn't about my own personal relationship with God. It just simply isn't. And God saves us together, doesn't he? Not in isolation. He saves us for a community, not out of a community. And when we read the opening chapters of Acts, we can feel a sense of awe, can't we? Um, Just how committed they were to one another. Um, They devoted themselves to the teachings of Jesus. They broke bread and prayed. They gave thanks continually. Their wealth and and their possessions were not their own. And and they realized this, and they they actually sold their belongings and possessions and used the funds for, for other things. But why were they so committed? Why were they so committed? Was it because they thought that if they, if, they, um, if they were gathered with the church as much as possible, then God would bless them? Was it because they did not want to disappoint their friends and their family? So why were they so committed to gathering together? I believe it's as simple as they were thankful. They were a thankful people. They gave much because they had been forgiven much. And because they received mercy, they could give mercy. Because they'd been forgiven, they could forgive. Because they had received, they gave. And they were generous with their time and resources because they knew the extent of forgiveness. They knew the implications, didn't they? And when God worked signs and wonders among them, they didn't grow prideful, but they remained in awe. They were thankful and thought, for God to work miraculously among us is just sheer grace. They gave their time to share in life and possessions with those who are now who they now regarded as sacred family members, far exceeding any biological connection. And as a result, they were eternally grateful. In, in every situation, they overflowed with thankfulness. They were a thankful community. Um, you might have heard of a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It was the anniversary of his birthday yesterday. He was a German Christian theologian who was, who was martyred by the Nazi regime. Um, he writes this in his book, Life Together. He says this, If we do not give thanks daily for the Christian fellowship in which we have been placed, even where there is no great experience, no discoverable riches, but much weakness, small faith, and difficulty. If, on the contrary, we only keep complaining to God that everything is so paltry and petty, so far from what we expected, then we hinder God from letting our fellowship grow according to the measure and riches which are there for all of us in Jesus Christ. Christian community is a gift of God which we cannot claim. Only God knows the real state of our fellowship. What may appear weak and trifling to us may appear great and glorious to God. Just as the Christian should not be constantly feeling his spiritual pulse, so too the Christian community has not been given to us by God for us to constantly taking its temperature. The more thankfully we daily receive what is given to us, the more surely and steadily will fellowship increase and grow from day to day as God pleases. Christian community is not an ideal which we must realize. It's rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we can participate. You see, we don't enter the community of God as demanders, okay, but as thankful recipients. And one of the words we've sort of also been speaking about in our meetings is that over the past couple of years, a lot of the preaching's been around as a site. It kind of feels quite comfortable, doesn't it? 
you know, we can, we can walk up, and, and the hardest thing really is walking up the stairs. Um, and then after that, it, it's kind of all uphill, isn't it? But, but really, you know, we, we, can, we can come here, we can sit down, we can hear worship, preach, and, and have a cup of tea, and, and some nights there's cake, and tonight there is cake, so what, that's amazing, isn't it? But uh, that can actually be a difficulty to our growth, because the fact of the matter is, planting in higher Blakely isn't easy. It's really hard. It's really, really hard, and, and it requires some sort of endurance in your character and it will test you planting will test you but it's fruitful and by god do we need the kingdom of god in these different areas it can't just be here we need it to go into all different areas but so there's some some kind of difficulty in i guess being part of this site is it can feel very comfortable can't it, it doesn't really feel challenging i mean we we don't have to get here and set up I mean, setting up the PA is an effort in another site. So that's sort of something that we want to go after. We want to challenge ourselves and say, we want to change that mindset, don't we? We don't want to be demanders, where we come and take, but we want to be thankful. We want to give. Um, we are to enter this site, this community, as thankful people. We want to be a thankful community. A community that count the blessings. A, c- a community that, because of this, all that God has done, we show mercy. We love and we show grace to one another. Um, because the fact of the matter is, we are made for community. We're made for community. And if this is true, which it is, then the question um, we must ask ourselves is um, are we valuing another community more than this one? It could be work colleagues, it could be family, it could be another church, it could even be Facebook. The Polish sociology Zygmunt Bauman wrote this on a community in a recent article. You're right, Damien. He wrote this. Um, you have to create your own community. But communities aren't created and you either have one or you don't. This is mainly about social networks. What social networks can create is a substitute. The difference between a community and a network is that you belong to a community, but a network belongs to you. You feel in control. You can add friends if you wish. You can delete them if you, if you wish. You are in control of the important people to whom you relate. People feel a little better as a result because loneliness, abandonment is the great fear in our individualistic age. But it's so easy to add or remove friends on the internet that people fail to learn the real social skills which you need when you go to the street, when you go to your workplace, where you find lots of people who you need to enter into sensible interaction with. Real dialogue isn't about talking to people who believe the same things as you. Social media doesn't teach us to dialogue because it's so, it is, it's so easy to avoid controversy. But most people use social media not to unite, not to open their horizons wider, but on the contrary, to cut themselves a comfort zone where the only sounds they hear are the echoes of their own voice, where the only things they see are the reflections of their own face. Social media is very useful. They provide pleasure, but they are a trap. Being part of God's church is not like being part of Facebook. And 
It's not something we can control, which we can demand from, where we can choose how much we get to participate in, whether we can decide whether we're going to sign in this week or sign out the next. And where all we hear is the echo of our own voices, because that's really what Facebook is, isn't it? It's just an echo chamber of our own opinions. And we can hide what we want and we can see what we want. But being part of God's church means we open ourselves up to one another and where we allow people to challenge us. And sometimes challenge the way we think or challenge our way of living. We do not come into the community of God's people as demanders, but as thankful recipients. So we believe here um, that there are three things for us to go after together. And the first is connect. And you know, we don't advertise connect every week just so that we can get a 90% sign up rate and then at the next moving forward we can all show off. That, that, that's not why we advertise it. No, we believe as part of King's Church, as part of our vision, that meeting together regularly is probably one of the best things we can do. Um, and if we want to grow together, if we want to reaffirm our identity and see people added to us and, and much more, then we have to value gathering together, not just on a Sunday, but in the week and beyond. So if you're not in the Connect, I want to challenge us and ask why. Um, why not? It's awesome. And go to a connect, come along, eat, pray. And if you have problems, great, we all have problems. And then together we can help one another. And we can pray for one another. We can see how we are doing and we can look out for one another. And because you can't be a Christian by yourself. You just can't. I understand there there are some of us who work. And you know, you work Wednesday or Thursday evenings and you can't make it. That's absolutely fine. But still talk to a connect leader because we, we wanna we wanna work around that and we wanna make something happen. And the second thing we wanna go after is serving in our meetings, at VIP nights, at Empowered, at Alpha, wherever it is, we wanna be a people who serve each other. So I wanna challenge us, every single one of us, to be on a serving team at least once a month. And that's as simple as going to the back of the room at the table at the back, picking up a serving card and a piece of cake and just selecting the box which you want to take part in. For example, I think I'm great at making tea. So I'm going to be ticking the hospitality box, okay? Because when it's my turn, uh, next month, I'm going to make the best cup of tea. Or I think I'm pretty good at the words at the back. Um, I know all the songs and I can use a mouse really fast. So I'm going to select the production team box. Um, so it's really not too much to ask. It's, and it really should come quite natural to us, that whole idea of serving one another. So because we value serving, we also value celebrating when we are doing it and being awesome and reaching our goals and, and seeing our vision fulfilled. So a couple of times a year, we're going to have something called a server's appreciation night. We have had one and we hand out awards and for various things. For example, we have the best handshake award. And that's currently Mark's award. He's currently, he owns that one. If you want to take it off him, then just go around the room and give good handshakes. We have the best dress server, and Dion is the current recipient of that award. So we want to celebrate our achievements, don't we? And and when we see um, what we value happening among us. And finally, under community, we value giving. As a church, we practice tithing and, and giving of our finances as our praise and thankfulness towards God for all that he provides for us daily. And I realize some of us you know, don't want to do this publicly, and, and that's absolutely fine. And it's straightforward online to give. So um, we believe in giving. Okay? We believe that there is 
always something for us to give. Even if it's small, we, we know that in God's eyes, a smaller figure is sometimes greater than giving out of abundance. And I don't know if he was at the last deeper, but Dave Emmett got up and he, and he did one of those crazy things he does. He gets a basket, he gets a prop, and we all join in, and it's really powerful. And he just sent a basket around the room, and he said, don't put any money in it, and, but I want you to put in your worries and your anxieties, and everyone did that, and it was great. And, they, and he brought the baskets to the front, and there was £20 notes and £10 notes, and I love that. Because even when we weren't asked to give, we gave. Um, I love that. I wonder where that money went. Um, so I'm sure it went in the, into the church. And, and, it was, and it was used, yeah. It was used. Amen. Let's go and drink some water now. So I, I want to encourage us to give. Um, because as a church, we support an array of organizations and we believe that rightly stewarding finances, okay, we rightly steward finances, we can really aid us in proclaiming and bringing the kingdom of God. Um, so that brings us to our last point on the handout, and that's sent with a door. Mm-hmm. We are a sent people. Just as God sent Jesus, he sends us into the world, and we are called to be missional wherever we are. Um, but we don't turn up to work and go, right, I need to be missional at lunchtime. No, our lives and the way we conduct ourselves, everything about us is missional. Uh, we wake up every day knowing that we are a powerful people and we're sent to change lives. Um, so just to be clear, um, we're not sent to moan about Donald Trump on Facebook. Um, let's, let's try not to get ourselves tangled up in these sorts of things because sometimes they can distract us from making a difference. We can get overwhelmed with global events and, and they can distract us from just doing the simple thing of loving the person in front of us. Wherever you are, now, that's your mission. Um, is there anyone God has put on your heart? Think of anyone. Is there anyone in your life that God's put on your heart? Maybe there's someone at work and there's someone he's been speaking to you about that he wants you to invest in them. Because conversation is the best form of evangelism. And sometimes we don't have to say anything. We don't even have to pray or even mention Jesus' name. We can just listen. Just listen to people speaking and listen to God's voice at the same time. Because sometimes God will tell you a lot about someone. So as well as stepping out in all areas of our lives, we want to go after stuff like Alpha. We want to go after reaching out in Hume and Brunswick. We want to go after cafe nights. We really value that and seeing non-Christians come into this setting. We want to take the initiative and the opportunity around times like Easter and Christmas. Can I mention Christmas in February? As, as, as great periods about speaking about Jesus more and more. So that's it. We are King's Church home. That's who we are and that's who you are. And, and it's going to be great going after, to, after this together. And in the next 15 or so minutes, we're going to spend some time praying into this. And I'm just going to pass over to Charlotte right now. Thanks, guys. Woo-hoo.